are listening to the Soar Above Cancer podcast, episode 84, The Things That Matter, an interview with Joe Bakmuski, with your hosts, Gabrielle and Alex. Hello, my fellow cancer thrivers. Welcome to this week's episode of the Soar Above Cancer podcast. It's a podcast dedicated to finding the strength to not only survive a cancer diagnosis, but thrive at living one's life with cancer. Today, with Joe, we discuss the importance of staying focused on things you care about. We are very excited to help you connect with this amazing cancer thriver. So hi, Joe. Welcome to the Soar Above Cancer podcast. We're delighted to have you on the podcast today with us to discuss your experience with cancer. And it's great to be able to talk to a fellow podcaster, someone who podcasts and blogs and all of that, because of course, we're not many out there who do podcast about cancer. So it's great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for having me. So our first question today is very simple, but it can be answered in so many different ways. So our first question is, who is Joe? Who are you? Wow. wow. <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting one. Yeah. So I, I, I think I'm this um, uh, crazy, uh, weird dude who um, can, kind of tries to keep uh, this normal uh, <laughs> mask on. <laughs> I've had a really um, interesting life. I uh, was born in Ukraine. I came to Australia as a teenager. And it's been an interesting experience because you just have to start living life in a completely different way. And especially when I came here, I it was like basically, you know, landing on the moon. And Mm -hmm. um, it was a totally different way of life. And I had to learn a completely new way of living. So, um, which was fantastic. I I really love Australia. And, you know, I learned the language and I learned the culture. And, uh, you know, I've, uh, over time, I, I met, the, the woman of my dreams and we started the family so then I had another huge shock which has again <laughs> changed my life mm-hmm. in a huge way which was which was getting cancer so that was another another way which was like uh, landing on a completely different planet you know <laughs> yeah and, and you touched upon it cancer happens and what was that like for you that that was um, that was actually um, yeah a huge shock I just I, I remember sitting in the uh, urologist office and um if, and he was uh, he looked at all of my tests and i think i was still in a bit of a place where i hope that you know maybe he would say something else but <laughs> but then when, when he said i'm sorry but this is definitely cancer this is uh, testicular cancer and i think at that moment he was talk- starting to talk about treatment and i think i just went completely blank like just my, my mind switched mm-hmm. off. I don't think I took anything in. Just things really like just slowed down to a crawl, and I really couldn't. Um, I really couldn't really like process it. I think even when you know when I kind of even when I was walking out of his office and I was uh, making some other appointment and uh, you know we had a pre- uh, operation a couple of days. I think I was just in a complete state of shock. Yeah. Yeah. What about the experience itself? Like what, what kind of did you go through? How long did you have to go through the treatment? Like what kind of was that whole experience like the ups and downs? What can you touch on in terms of that? Yeah. So I think initially I had an operation to, um, 
remove my testicle mm -hmm. and initially i thought which so that was that was kind of scary for me because it's it's um <laughs> it's a pretty sensitive part of the body yeah. and i think initially i was going it through um a lot of thoughts that really scared me that were really hard to talk about because because i was like well um will i still be able to have sex mm -hmm. um is my wife going to leave me uh, will i you know if my testosterone's gone like what's how, how, what will life be like because mm -hmm. i i never imagined that this would happen in a million years so it, it really freaked me out because I had no idea what to do. And all of these thoughts would just, you know, one scary thought would trigger something else. And it, it, it kind of took me some time to kind of settle in and try to contain all that because I was, I was to be honest, like I said, just completely freaking out um, about what was happening. And I think for me, the other thing was that once I kind of got used to it in a few days and I, I kind of realized a little bit around what was happening, I, I started to settle in into the mode of, okay, it's happened, now let's deal with it. And I was initially told that it hasn't, uh, it, it's contained within the testicle. And I was, and, I, and initially I kind of got sucked back into the reality that, you know, everything's okay and I've moved on. And and several months later, when I found out that it's spread to, to my lymph nodes and everything else, I think that's when it hit me even worse. Because mm -hmm. at that time, I, I really didn't, um, uh, I didn't really expect that I would have to deal with it again. And that's, of course, when, um, you know, I had to start chemotherapy and, 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 and go into this active treatment. And it was, it was something when I really had to try and pull myself together yet at the same time you know your life doesn't stop right you still have uh, everything else that you need to do you know I, I had a job i just have a young family um uh you know and also i'm the only child so i kind of have to uh, you know, keep uh, keep myself in check to make sure that uh you know i'm, I'm not falling to pieces you know <laughs> so I hear you say that there's a lot of questions that huge questions around sexuality, kids, young family, job, all of these things, and then not wanting to fall apart. First of all, how did you manage that, I guess? And how did you kind of keep that in check? And was there a moment where it was just too much and, and you had to fall apart? I think what really ha uh, helped me is uh, there was this moment when I was sitting, um, I think, on my couch, and and I just all of this, um, I just felt helpless. You know, I felt like I, I, it's not up to me. I don't know how things are going to turn out. There's just so much uncertainty, and I thought, well, I, I, I just I, I couldn't I couldn't do anything. And I had this thought in my head when I asked myself, like, what would I do if this was my last day on earth? And you know what, in, in a way it kind of felt, it, 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 it sounds negative, but it really helped to clear things up in my head. Because I was like, I, I'm not going to worry about the little things. I'm, I'm just going to do the things that are important to me right now. And, and I just went out and I, I, and I went to, uh, you know, 
for my kid and we had this epic pillow fight it just had so much fun and i was just in it and i realized that it it made me feel so much better because i wasn't thinking about uh, cancer i wasn't thinking about what might happen i was just in the moment so i think asking myself this question uh, kind of every day has really helped me to really just be in the moment be present be now not getting distracted not thinking about anything else and doing whatever i wanted to do in the moment you yeah. know and that's been something that's really helped me along the way yeah so we we emailed back and forth joe talking about setting up this interview and we're actually on your podcast we're going to be on the, your podcast too so we were emailing around that and it came up that you wanted to talk about the importance of staying focused on the things that matter most to you and that you care about. And I'm wondering, you've kind of touched upon that just now a little bit. Why this topic? What's important about this topic that you really wanted to share? Yeah, I think the huge thing for me is, um, like I said, managing, I think, your worries. Because I I think in, in any case, like for... And if, uh, and I, I assume that this is the, the same for everyone who's going through this experience. But I think when you go in through treatment or, or even after treatment, you know, maybe when, when you're kind of, I guess, a survivor, one of the things that comes up for me is that whenever I get an ache or a pain, like whatever that might be, <laughs> I always think this is cancer. So, uh, so it starts to kind of trigger... Uh, you know, this tension and stress and it kind of gets to me. Um, so I want, I knew that I had to find ways to deal with it. I knew I had to get on top of it and get that sorted out. So one of the things, I guess, that really helped me was um, I, I kind of developed this this process of uh, of really being focused around people that I care about the most. So I actually, like, I have a name for it. I call it selective memory. So, so this is the way that I, when, when I think the going got tough, and I started to think about the people who are the most important in my life. And, and, I, and I visualized those people, like, for example, I thought, of, uh, I thought of my son. I thought, well, how do I want him to see me? How do I want him to remember me? And I thought about all these things, like, you know, being, you know, been decisive or been strong or whatever and none of that really rang true for me until i came up with one word and I, and that word was fun and i realized that i just wanted him to have fun and 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 so whenever i would see him i would just think fun it would be just like a keyword mm-hmm. that you know just that would go off in my head and and we just uh, Start, start doing something like I would start chasing him around the house or doing something. And I noticed that it completely like transformed our dynamic, just transformed the way we are. And just uh, it completely changed our relationship because he was looking forward to just spending all the time with me. And it really helped me because I was I became a different person with him, right? Because we are a different way with different people. And then I started to apply with this with, with my wife and my mom. I would just like pick out kind of one kind of single quality that I wanted to really stand out for this person. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to, to come across. And 
in a weird way, it made such a huge difference. And you know, at the start, I was kind of consciously thinking about it. But then after a while, it just became a natural thing. And I think it's helped me so much in dealing with it because I was kind of projecting in a way what I wanted to project. Mm -hmm. But then again, I guess it just became something that helped everyone. It helped me because I felt like I was coming through in a certain way. But also feel that for people that, um, you know, that I care about the most, people that I love in my life, you know, like my, my family, my, my, uh, my close friends, that I feel that it's going to help them as well because they were just involved with me just in the moment. Again, there, was, there wasn't so much room for um, finding the right thing to say or, you know, behaving in a certain way. Um, yeah, I hope that, does that make sense at all? Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, I love the idea. Yeah. Focusing on things that are important to you, it seems like a lot of that is around the support system and, and su receiving that support from the loved ones as well as giving that back. So you mentioned a couple people in your life that are important to you and I assume that's your support system. So how important was your support system in your life, the people that you were the closest with? How was important was it to have that support system around with you when you were going through that cancer experience? Yeah, you know what? I think I was incredibly lucky to have... Um my wife, uh, my mom, and a few good friends who were like really there for me in a huge, incredible way. Like they, they were there to me where I, I know I didn't have to put up a front. I didn't have to, um, you know, be somebody else. And, and in a way, I guess you try to be strong, but at the same time, I didn't, I felt that I didn't have to be, uh, to be fake. And that if I felt like, um, uh, I was worried or that I was freaking out. I would just say that as well. I think that's so, mm. I think that's such an important thing, you know, that <laughs> to be in the moment and to be able to honestly talk about things. Um, you know, like, like I mentioned, things that are hard to talk about. Things like, um, you know, uh, like, like sex or whatever, like I'm thinking and talking about it and not keeping that inside. I think that for me was like a really transformational thing of when I finally started to talk about some of these things, it just made things so much better for me. But also I think, I think it's important to think for people who care about you, like, like your, your family, your friends, your partner, if you have one. Because I think a lot of those, a lot of the time, they could be in the place where they're trying to find out what are you thinking, what are you worried about? Because mm -hmm. they don't want to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, you know? So it's so I think it's hugely important to really be open about what's going through your head and how they can help you, you know? <laughs> I, I, I think, you know, if I had the chance to do it all over again, I would really send out an email or do a video and say, you know, here is what's happening. And here are some of the things that I need help with, you know, like mm -hmm. taking me to and from the hospital, coming over to visit, um, helping out with groceries or whatever, like, because I think that would really give people a meaningful way to support me on my terms, but also feel that they know how to contribute as well, you know? Mm -hmm. There's actually a website and I can't remember what the name of it. I can link it in the show notes. But there's actually a website that allows you to have kind of like a calendar 
of what you need when and people can go and kind of pick out of that calendar and reserve certain tasks as well as add tasks. So this, uh, what I what you're talking about, I think, is a is a great way to kind of get the help that we're so afraid to sometimes ask for. Yeah, exactly, because it's so hard to ask, right? Especially for, I think for, um, especially for us guys, you know, like it's just so hard to ask because you, you don't want to be a burden. You know, I really felt like you don't want to be a burden. You don't want to make, put it on someone else. But I think it's so important that people want to help. So I think you're really making things easier for them. And I know that, um, I know that with some people in my life, like I mentioned, I was lucky to have the support that, that I had, but there still was um, a fair few people, a fair few friends who kind of dropped off, who, who, who disappeared um, for different reasons. Uh, and that's that was a difficult thing for me as well. I think part of it was because, um, yeah, because they didn't know what to do or there would be other reasons, but I think it's... A, I'm not sure where I'd love to hear where you guys stand on it, but I think you know, for me, it was it was a bit of a shock uh, to know that some people dropped off and they they weren't there for me in a way that I wanted them to, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that happens more than we like to to admit that people just maybe can't handle the fact that that we're going through this experience and and kind of shy off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. How how did you deal with some people not being there for you and maybe not being there for you ever after either? Uh, not great. <laughs> <laughs> I must say, at first I was I was a, a bit in denial, and then I was really angry. <laughs> Fair so, enough. Uh, so to be honest, I, I I can't say that I've dealt with it in in in, in some sort of a dignified way. Um, I think some of those people are just not part of my life anymore, and 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 that's fine, and and that's okay. Uh, I, I've since then, you know, I've uh, really kind of just tried to be around the people who were there for me, who really stayed, who who really helped out. And some people stepped up in a big way. You know, I just remember there was uh, um, an old friend who really came to visit me at the hospital. And I remember that, you know, as soon as she walked into the room, I felt like it was, um, I could talk about anything. And it, it was just a huge relief to be just listened to. You know, it made a huge difference to just being able to, um, to, to, uh, to talk about whatever was on my mind, to just bitch and moan and <laughs> just share whatever what I was going through yeah. my head, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we talk about all the people that obviously that, that weren't there. And I know we all have some type of, of story where someone dropped off. And I think that the whole idea is that maybe the people don't feel comfortable. Maybe they're just scared to maybe show their opinions or whatever the case may be. But moving on to maybe a more opposite topic of you bring up the fact of having your wife and having your child. And, and I know speaking for Gabrielle and I, I don't think either of us really had a significant other around when we were in the midst of the treatment. And obviously there was that person around for yourself. How was that experience going through this cancer journey with the two of you? And did it bring you closer together? Were there rough patches? Like how did you kind of navigate that path? 
I think I think it's definitely brought us closer together. I think one of the things when you're in a relationship is that you kind of have to go through and in marriage as well, like you know, in in in, in sickness and in health. <laughs> in this case, quite literally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. You do have to you, you do have to be there for each other, and I think it, it's it's one of those things can that can either you know make or break an, a, a relationship. And I think in our case, it just made it stronger because um, I think we were in this together. And, and that's what really made a huge um, difference for us. And I think, once again, I want to go back to uh, just saying that the biggest thing was being really just open and transparent about everything. You know, I knew that... Uh, from the start that, you know, this is a hard thing for my wife as well, that there's a lot of things going on. I just think on practical sense, you know, you know, there's, uh, there's money, there's just life, you know, our, our son was, um, you know, in, 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 uh, in childcare, so we have to have to manage around that. But I think we tried to really make it a part of our life. Like for me, the biggest thing that's really changed it was not to have cancer as some separate thing, not to have it as something that just out there and here is my life and here is cancer over there, is to really make it for, uh, make it a part of our life, make it completely embedded into our life. And like, like I guess the, the, the event that really, you know, brought it home was when, um, you know, my son uh, turned three and I was just in the hospital, you know, uh, getting chemo, and we made his birthday party in the in the cancer ward. So uh, we had, uh, you know, our oncology nurses singing happy birthday. We had all these presents there. It was just a fantastic, um, just a fantastic way for us to just be there together, you know, um, as a family, as just. A, a, doing something where it was just embedded into our life mm -hmm. and that's really made things normal you know it just made things uh, just, this is our life and that's how it is and and uh, as you guys know when you go through this experience you just want something normal to hold on to and mm -hmm. and and making it normal making cancer a part of your journey making it just a, a part of your life i think that can be tremendously helpful yeah what a powerful lesson to share. Thank you. <laughs> I, I would like to switch subjects now just so that we have time to talk a little bit about the podcast. So Simplify Cancer, I'm wondering, so for, first of all, that's the name of your website, the podcast, the vlog. How did that come about? How did the, the name come to you and what has that meant to you? Yes, thank you, Gabriel. I, I think the, the way it's, it's came, it came to me, I, I realized that this is another another powerful lesson that I learned for myself. Is that, I, I, to be honest, I wanted to find something that was bigger than me. I wanted to find something that was, and I'm sure it's the same, you know, it's similar for you guys. I wanted to find something that, that was like a purpose, that was something that was bigger than me, that I could contribute to and share with and, and help others, but also, of course, help myself in the process. So I wanted to, to find, uh, you know, a podcast and, and, and I guess other things to, to just um, share from my experience and to how I, I can help others. 
And I think the eventually I came up with the word simplify because I know because uh, the way that I see it is it's so complicated. Like half the time you have no idea what's going on. I remember when I started treatment, you know, you get overloaded with all these words, with all of these treatments and side effects and after effects and what could happen and what might happen and 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 you start to question yourself and then and you really wanted to be more simple more direct something that you can understand and that's where for me simplify cancer came in and that's why i knew that i wanted to uh to speak to to specialists and to who would really kind of simplify things and put things in in terms that people can understand and to talk about it with people like you alex and like you gabriel who's been through it who know what it's like who can share their perspective their experience who can really uh you know open it up to know that you're not alone to know that, 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 that there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel that that you can do this i think this is what you know this is um uh, like simplify cancer and what you're doing i think these are the podcasts that i would have liked to listen you know when i was going through this experience so hopefully that can help other people as well yeah so why i guess specifically you touched on it there probably the reason of doing this was obviously to reach out to speak to other individuals who understand why did you choose the podcast and website medium specifically as opposed to like another another way of reaching out to people why was the podcast kind of a big motivation for you and secondly what maybe are your long-term goals with this podcast for the next year or so i think the reason why i chose podcast because it's it's something that i do a lot i listen to a lot of podcasts mm-hmm. whenever i'm in the car whenever i'm you know on the train so for me i think it's a great way to listen in because it's just um it's different to radio or tv or something like that because it's unfiltered it's Mm -hmm. raw i love that it's just people who talk to each other Mm -hmm. so you're like it's like you've been in a fly on the wall where you're listening to a real conversation like what's and all like it's real it's happening right now and i think this is what's so powerful about it this is why i think so many people should listen to you know sorb of cancer and simplify cancer because it's it's listening to real conversations that you may or may not have in your life as you're going through treatment as you're in recovery because these are the things that can really bring it home is just being a part of the conversation Mm -hmm. i think that's what's so powerful and in terms of just the goals for it i think it's just to reach more people you know i want to be able to um reach more people and i think that for me even though i'd love to you know speak with more people and connect with more people at the same time i feel that all of these conversations in a way are evergreen that's how i think about it because you know the things that we're talking about today they're going to be relevant tomorrow they're going to be relevant in a year's time they're going to be relevant in five years time because this experience won't change you know Mm -hmm. we know that you know, we've all been through this experience. We know that, you know, they're not going to magically cure cancer. This is not HIV. It's not going to happen like that. So it's going to affect more people. And and we're all going to deal with not knowing what to do, having to choose treatment, dealing with stress, dealing with uncertainty. So I think it's just finding more people 
and reaching out because I think it's something that um, doesn't really occur to people. You know, like I remember when I was in that place, I wasn't thinking, oh, I should go and check out a podcast about cancer, right? Because mm -hmm. you just don't know it's there. So hopefully, yeah, you know, I think we want to reach more people because they don't know about what we do. And I think it could help them in a huge way. Yeah. It was amazing speaking with you today, Joe. I'm wondering how can our listeners get in contact with you? <laughs> Thanks so much, Gabriel. I really love talking to you guys. So the best way to um, get in touch is to go to simplifycancer.com. Check out the podcast. I also have a video um video blog vlog <laughs> and and please write to me and tell me what i'm doing i've got uh, my email is joe at simplifycancer.com that's j-o-e at simplifycancer.com and i think it's just such a huge thing we, we kind of touched on this with with, with um uh, with gabriel and alex before that um you know if you reach uh, listen to the podcast um my podcast or the podcast the sorb of cancer please reach out tell us how you're doing share yeah. your story uh, and share your experience because we want to we, we want to know what it's like right absolutely absolutely well again thank you so much to speak for the both of us you're fantastic to talk to you joe we'd love to talk to you again and we're going to love to share ideas with you in the future so really appreciate you taking the time with us thank you so much guys i loved it today we spoke with Joe Batmutsky, and we had a very, very interesting conversation regarding some of the things that he stay focused on. We dive into a little bit about his cancer experience, how important his support system was to him throughout his cancer journey, and really what are the important things in life that really need to stay in a priority when we look forward to our long-term goals and our life outside of cancer. We hope to work with Joe in the future, whether that is future content on future episodes or just learning from some of the tips and tricks that he uses on his podcast. And we will actually be appearing on his podcast as well, Simplify Cancer. Go and check out his vlog, his podcast, his website. It's fantastic content. This ends episode 84, The Things That Matter, an interview with Joe Bakmuski. I would like to thank Joe again for being on the show. Also, I did include his information in the show notes if you want to get in touch with him. A big thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Before you go, just a quick reminder, if you have any questions or suggestions or comments, or if you simply want to share your story, do reach out to us through the Soar Above Cancer website, blog, as well as our social media platforms, all linked in the show notes. Many smiles to you and see you next week.